Hello and welcome to Life in Their Sandals. I'm your host, Chris McGrath. This is a podcast where we dive deep into the lives of biblical people to determine how we should live as Christians today. Today, we have the awesome opportunity to talk about a man in scripture named Lazarus, Lazarus of Bethany. We come into the book of John chapter 11 uh, in this narrative in the time where the Jews in Jerusalem had just tried to apprehend Jesus and to kill him for the things that he had said in the chapter before. In this moment, you have Jews who have been living under Roman occupation. There's been 400 years where they have not really heard from the Lord, have not heard from a prophet. Jesus comes into town, grows up. He starts saying all of these things that they thought um, were crazy. And some people had inspired belief, but in other people had inspired hatred and jealousy and threatened them and threatened their power. We're talking about the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the people who were running things. And they try to kill him. And so he leaves. And as he leaves, some of his friends from close to his home who lived in Bethany, which is only about two miles away from Jerusalem, uh, are Mary and Martha and then this guy Lazarus. So what happens is Lazarus, he becomes sick and Mary and Martha, they decide that they are going to send word to Jesus to tell him that this guy had become sick, their brother. And so they send word uh, and they say, Lord, uh, the person that you love, Lazarus, not just come do a favor for me, but that there's a personal relationship, a loving relationship even between Jesus and Lazarus. And they send word to Jesus. And he hears it and he says, but the sickness is not unto death, but that the son of God should be glorified. And Jesus hears it and he decides actually to stay where he was for two more days. Then after Jesus has heard the word, he tells his disciples that they should go back to see Lazarus. He wants to go back to Judea. He wants to go back to Jerusalem, to Bethany. And his disciples say to him, they're confused because they, along with Jesus, had just been accused, had just been almost in the clutches of people who wanted to kill them. And now that might be something that's hard to relate to a little bit if you've never had someone who wanted to kill you. But I can imagine that that would be a frightening experience, that you probably feel a lot more comfortable out on the countryside than you do to be right in the midst, right under the nose, if you will, of the people who were trying to kill Jesus and trying to kill his followers. And so they say to him, they just tried to kill you. Uh, are you sure you want to go back there? And Jesus, uh, he, he tells them that, yes, that is exactly what I want to do. And he says, our friend Lazarus, he's sleeping. And he uses that euphemistic way of speaking about sleep. He, he tells them that Lazarus should uh, be woken up, I guess, that he's going to go make him awake. And Jesus says, finally, he, he tells them plainly that Lazarus is dead. And he says, but because he's dead, you're going to have the occasion to believe greater. And when he says this, Thomas, who you probably know from another chapter in the Bible, his interaction with the Lord, but he tells Jesus that, okay, well, this is a good idea. Yeah, we should go so that we can die with Lazarus. Kind of a sarcastic, I don't know if you relate to that at all, but I would say that me as a person, I definitely would relate to Thomas in this moment that it would be hard uh to want to do this plan. It would be hard to get on board with what Jesus is saying. He's saying, we should go back to the place where we just were assaulted. <laughs> and 
Thomas says to the rest of his disciples, so we don't know if he says it to Jesus openly, but John here records, so we know he said it to John, or John at least knew that he had said it. He says, yeah, let's go back there so we can die with Lazarus. It doesn't really make sense in the mind of Thomas. So Jesus comes back to the scene. He comes back to Bethany. He's in the midst of this huge group of people. When someone who has lived a long time passes away and they maybe have a huge legacy or something along that lines, a lot of people show up to give honor to that person who had passed on. And that's a very natural thing. But there's another type of death that I think draws a huge crowd. And it's when someone dies too soon. And I think that was the case in a lot of the family's mind, a lot of the friend's mind, that it was not Lazarus's time yet. And of course they were right, but here he is lying dead. Here he is in the tomb for four days even. Jesus shows up and Martha runs out to him and she sees him and she says, uh, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know you can do anything. And Jesus says to her, he says, your brother is going to rise again. Lazarus is going to rise again. And she says, I know that. I know that he will rise again because someday there will be a resurrection in the last day. And Jesus, now watch this, because Jesus stops for a moment and he gives insight into something so powerful. And we'll talk about it later. But he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Right now I am the resurrection. Right now I am the life. Yeah, there will be a coming resurrection, but you see a resurrection before your very eyes, is what Jesus responded to her. And so it continues, and he says, if you're going to believe, you will see the glory of God. And so she leaves, and then the the rest of the family and the friends who had come to mourn the loss of this young man, Lazarus, who I'm sure that they were no doubt heartbroken that he had passed away, and they come out. And now Mary comes out and she sees him and she runs to him and she falls down. And it's this dramatic scene in the midst of all the people who had showed up for this funeral. Mary comes running out of the house. She has tears flowing down her face and she throws herself on the feet saying, If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus sees this scene and the fellow family and friends of the Jewish faith were there and seeing this display of emotion, they start to weep as well and they are crying and Jesus himself groans in the spirit and it says he was troubled. Even the despair, although Jesus knows that he's totally capable of healing and he's even said earlier, I'm going to awake him. If you believe you're going to see the glory of God, but even now he's troubled, seeing the effects of sin, that death had entered into the world, seeing all the hardship that the people he created are going through in this moment. And he sees it and he's troubled. And so it continues and he says, okay, where is he? Jesus, he sees it. He starts to weep. Jesus is weeping. Mary's weeping. Martha's weeping. The friends, the family, everyone's upset. They see Jesus have an emotional response and they say, wow, look at how he loved him. Couldn't he who had done so many miracles and done all these great things, couldn't he have done something to stop this? Jesus again groans and he comes and he says, take away the stone. And they refuse and say, He's going to stink. This is going to be embarrassing. But Jesus says, didn't I tell you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And then they believe him and they take away the stone. Jesus prays. And then he cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead, the person who had been dead even for four days, comes out of the grave walking and he's covered in his burial clothes. And Jesus tells those around him to loose him and let him go. This is such a powerful narrative account 
in the Gospels, when we are first introduced to the fact that Jesus has complete dominion over death, that there really is no sickness or disease that can stand against him. But some of the takeaways from this narrative, I think, are number one, that Jesus doesn't always operate on our schedule. They wanted Jesus to come when Lazarus was sick and before he would die, and it seems he just waits. He waits until the moment is the most appropriate to give him the most glory to cause the most amount of people to believe on him. Sometimes our belief in Jesus and our relationship with him will cause us to be used as a spectacle even for other people to believe. Another thing that was so powerful was that Lazarus was laid in the tomb for four days already. He was ceremonially unclean. He was totally dead. And even um, in Jewish tradition written in the Talmud, uh, it talks about how the spirit of a person would rise up out of their body and would hang around for three days. And then when it sees that it can't get back into the body, it would leave. So the law would say, you can't see him. And the Talmud and other uh, Jewish traditions at that time or philosophies would say that this is over, that he's dead. You can't see him. But Jesus is so much greater than philosophy. He's so much greater than tradition. I love psychology. I love all of these things, but it can never contradict what Jesus can do in a moment to change someone's life. Another powerful thing from the story of the life of Lazarus is that Jesus did point out to Martha that your resurrection, your life is standing before you. And he's talking about the fact that salvation has different tenses, how you might be saved in the past. And remember that you listen to this podcast, you at some point in your life, or maybe it hasn't happened, but you had a moment with God. You had an experience where you were saved. Now, if you have, if you've come to this podcast and you don't have any relationship to the Christian faith, you haven't been um, adhering to the gospel, then okay, you probably, you haven't had that moment. But assuming that you are someone who has lived a life, a relationship with Jesus, and you've had that past experience. And now, so you would say that I was saved, but now you have a moment where you would say you are saved because if the Lord were to come back right now, you would be one of those people being raptured up. But then there is even a more future tense that someday there will be a tribulation or there will be a rapture. Something like that will happen. And then in that moment, you will be saved as well. So it's past, present and future. It's like what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So he's saying to Martha, when Lazarus took his last breath in this life, he was in paradise for the next one. And anyone who dies having a relationship with God in right relationship, when you take that last breath, you might be struggling. But when you take that next breath, you will be in the presence of the Lord. Because to be absent with the body is again to be present with the Lord. And now another thing. We're here on point number four. Just a few things we learned from this amazing narrative is that we cannot put Jesus in a box. They wanted Jesus to heal him when he was alive. But Jesus chose to heal him when he was even dead. So we can't put Jesus in a box. But they were caught up on the fact that it was too late. Again, can't put Jesus in a box. He might not do the miracle the way you expect him to do, but that does not mean that all hope is lost. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. So up until the moment that Jesus decides to raise Lazarus from the dead, not the moment that he decides, but the moment that he makes his way over to start doing it, all the way, there's only negative responses, right? Thomas had a negative response. The apostles had a negative response. 
Martha had a negative response initially. Mary had a negative response initially. They communicated their faith, but they also communicated their doubt in no uncertain terms. And Jesus, even in the midst of doubt, says to them, but if you can believe, you'll see the glory of God. So for the listener right now, you might be in the most devastating circumstance of your life, and I hope that you're not. But let's say even if you were in that moment, if you can believe, then things can change. Jesus can do a miracle that we might not expect, that we might not think that we deserve, but that can totally change our situation. Finally, the last point, actually centered around the man Lazarus and his life. We see his life as not just a story long ago, but he's you. He's me. We don't even hear anything about Lazarus until he has that resurrecting moment with Jesus. The same should be true for us. Lazarus should be the model for the Christian today. We were dead, but Jesus showed up and saved us. And we came walking out of that tomb. And when we came walking out of that tomb, we were covered in grave clothes. But people were there to love us into the body, to tell us how we should be a part of the church. And once we're initiated, once we are converted, we should be able to tell others about what he's done for us and be a tool for his glory. So go about your day to day. Enjoy it. Remember the story of a man named Lazarus as not just a story, but as you and me, that when you are resurrected, you have a purpose and a position in the kingdom of God. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode talking about the narrative of Lazarus and maybe some takeaways that we can draw from it. I hope you'll tune in next week. We're going to talk about someone who is very integral to the story of the Bible, and I know that you will enjoy it. We hope to see you next time, but in the meantime, Be blessed. I'll see you next week.